0: I'm gonna
1: pull no
2: you in Di the phone comb, phone comb, phone comb, 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 this comb, all suspensive. This is, this is, uh, the, this the is the Poet on the super suspenseful. Disassociate. Except for the super suspenseful. Disassociate. The, super suspenseful. The, the puzzle from the poet on the day. Super suspenseful. It's not going back together. Super suspenseful. Super suspenseful. Super suspenseful. Super suspenseful. Super suspenseful. Poetry night rings through.
3: On Monday, August, 13th, we said.
2: So I'm going to read a poem. It's called Lay Your Sleeping Head, My Love. It's by Auden. And this is one of my favorite poems by Auden. So you win, Robert. Lay your sleeping head, my love, human, on my faithless arm. Time and fevers burn away individual beauty from thoughtful children, and the grave proves the child ephemeral. But in my arms till the break of day, let the living creature lie, mortal, guilty, but to me the entirely beautiful. Soul and body have no bounds. To lovers as they lie upon her, her tolerant, enchanted slope in their ordinary swoon grave the vision Venus sends of supernatural sympathy, universal love, and hope." while an abstract insight makes among the glaciers and the rocks the hermit's sensual ecstasy. Certainly, fidelity on the stroke of midnight passed like vibrations of a bell. Fashionable madmen raise their pedantic, boring cry. Every farthing of the cost, all the dreaded cards foretell, shall be paid. But from this night, not a whisper, not a thought, not a kiss, nor look be lost. Beauty, midnight vision dies. Let the winds of dawn that blow softly round your dreaming head such a day of sweetness show. I and knocking heart may bless. Find the mortal world enough. Noons of dryness see you fed by the involuntary powers. Nights of insult let you pass, watched by every human love. Thank you, Robert. What an yeah. Your book is awesome. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, would you please welcome Boris, the first poet of the evening.
4: Oh, and thank you. The first one I'm going to call God's Reply. I am the great creator, I made you from the slime. I am the great initiator, lord of space and time. All my little playthings ride the great revolving wheel, and I hear the cried complaints about an underhanded deal. Some men torture babies, and some men rob the poor, and some men spread a rabies which has never had a cure. The innocents are martyred for a crime they never did, and their warm remains are bartered to the basest tyrants bid. And children beat by parents will then grow to do the same generational inheritance appended to their name. The fact that you were born at all means you must someday die. You beat your head against the wall and still can't fathom why should all these evil things exist. Nor why I let them be, nor why the straight and narrow twists, nor why your will is free, nor why all change must come so slow until you play your part, nor why I plant the seeds of woe in every living heart, nor why your garden is forbidden, sown with barren soil, nor why you suffer serpent-ridden life of endless toil, because, my children, this my gift one day you too shall be, if you manage not to drift, omnipotent like me." If you learn the wondrous art of mass cooperation to all incre- to all creation you'll impart as best befits your station Your sympathetic resonance, conviction, and compassion, and recreate the countenance in no uncommon fashion of your soul's collective visions, all your dream and fantasy, and all the fallen will have risen in the throes of ecstasy, as the one who came from many shouts in golden-throated song, come, my children, out to me in light where you belong. Uh, this, oh, this is fun. This is uh, Herr Fraulicker's Remarkable Cats. We put them to work on the treadmill jennies that they should earn their keep as any other member of the family. They immediately began to grumble, but then on what days do they not? There are no mice for them here, no moles, no lumbering capybara, which are these giant rodents. They're about the size of small dogs. Only the freezing desert and days that go on for 23 hours with never a sunset. It is too cold for us to go outside, so my wife invents games for the children to play or assigns chores. I like it best when she combines the two. The cats are the most competitive when the challenge arrives. You can find them chopping and stacking firewood while changing the baby and singing in eerie harmony, caterwauling for all the world like a horde of heathen Hun. It is impossible to stop them from using the baby as a kind of bagpipe accompaniment whilst they beat their foreign dirges. If you try to stop them, they will cut ribbons of your leg with handfuls of razor-like talons. Thanks.
2: That's Boris. Please welcome Jeff to the stage.
5: This is A Different Way to Die. A little girl's faint scream awoke me one night. The record player in the corner crackled like a campfire. The music had long since ended. I went to turn it off when I heard the distant scream again. I jerked my head to the the shrill sound like an echoed cave of awakened bats. I went and stood on the porch and looked around. There was water everywhere. My house was an island on endless depressed water. There was a boat perched out on the horizon like an antique. Soon the boat became mere yards away. It shined a bright yellow light onto my house. A girl in pajamas came out of its cabin. She walked to the railing and stopped. She silently gazed at me. We shared a stare for minutes. Why are you screaming? I asked. Her lips moved, synchronized with mine, but no words came out. Why are you screaming? I shouted louder. And again, her lips mirrored my own, and no words came out of them. I reached my right arm out to her, as if I could touch her like a newborn baby. And she put hers out too, like I was a baby. I reached my left arm out, and she did too. And over the next few hours, we had done many things together. We waved, we jumped, we danced, we picked our noses, I laughed with noise, and she laughed without noise. It was evident that she could not create noise, nor could the boat she was on, nor could the water that the boat was on. The porch melted into sand, inviting me towards her, so I took a soft step towards her, and she took an equal step towards me. Her body went straight through the railing and fell towards the water. She screamed the same scream that woke me up, and it did again. Thank you.
2: That is Jeff, ladies and gentlemen. Please welcome Tom to our stage.
3: Hi. Uh, I'll do the haiku first. Lightsaber slashes in the polka-dotted sky. Perseid Jedis. I know. (laughs) I know. I dreamt that I was drowning in a sea of verbal acumen. A wide, dank ocean of iambic pentameter, limerick, and free verse. In a putrid pool of pun and simile, alliteration and hyperbole. Going under in a river of rhyme and meter, I paddled faster with my fists, trying to grasp for a metaphor, but only flailing in a wash of whimsy. As I broke the service for the last time, I wondered if I'd ever write again, if I'd ever get the chance to publish the prose of my life for all to see. But the weight of the words once again began pulling me under, and I could hear a voice somewhere distant A droning beacon signifying someone or something was there. Off in the distance, just out of sight, and only slightly in sound. I knew I was safe then, so I sucked up the words and filled my lungs, ending the dream before I met my unwritten death. And when I awoke, it was Monday night again, and the ocean was poetry night. That's it's, Thanks. I, I had a dream about, I fell asleep at the merch table and Robert was up here. Hey, Tom, Tom, you can't fall asleep over there.
2: This is Tom, ladies and gentlemen. Give him a hand. Ladies and gentlemen, would you please welcome Ryan to our stage?
6: This one's called, Since You Decided to Call Me a Stranger. You locked all the doors to your heart, sliding the key, twisting it savagely in the wound, and I couldn't help hoping it hurt you too. And I wonder what kind of girl are you for deciding I am not so strange when the sidewalk collapses under your heels, shredded by shoes made more for murder than for walking in. I'll carry you all the way to your doorstep and leave you locked out of your own house, feeling a sadistic pleasure mixed with a tinge of remorse as i leave you to break your own heart since you would never let me do it for you home is underneath the blue skies that mean to say no one is hiding amongst the trees that argue that everyone is in the great yellow day burning up the countryside the road snakes on by without stopping to say hello But somehow everyone knows your name. No matter how hard you try not to be, you are part of the town. No matter how hard you stretch your limbs, you find your roots in shops and towns, roads and country farms, and you know you will die here in the mountain's shadow, reaching with the trees.
2: That's Ryan, ladies and gentlemen. Give him a hand. Do that. Please welcome Amy to the stage.
7: What I learned from honey. Or what happened at 3 o'clock Wednesday in my kitchen. Either one. Sex! Sang the honey. Shh! you're loud as nudity I said the bright gloss cheek of my child nearby and I mainlined summer afield need the virgin queen bee vibrated her calls in the vacant hot note of G sharp waited fair weather a festival, a feast, gluttonous necessary complete They congregated, I partook back then. My favorable days, lovely and long, I took and I took. I didn't think I could store these things. They come back now and again. Well, who understands the nature of desire? But honey laid my tongue prone and bee whispered now, remember sex. As a cavernous craving to collect. Thank you.
2: (laughs) This is Amy, ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, would you welcome Nick to our stage?
1: The first one's called Lines and Circles. Like origami paper folded, tucked into a shape that unfastens, splayed back into the page it used to be, while a hand tries smoothing out the wrinkles before tomorrow's folds. Nearly 10,000 times, a web creases on the page, everything you've been and still not ripped. If you plotted the seven billion of us onto a Venn diagram, you wouldn't look that different. Most would overlap, a few of us with just a sliver of uniqueness you'd have to squint to see each trying to grow that sliver, pushing at the overlap circles like the earth trying to swat away the shade of a billion moons. And then uh, the second one is called Seance. He was one of the many, sorry, I just wrote this earlier. Uh, he was one of the many who, when died, the world fell in love with. And everyone liked to play what he would have said with breath that had already left his lungs. But like the taxidermist fitting smiles onto animals, everyone had something to slip into the pockets of his reputation so he could go on speaking about things he never thought. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Let us Nick give him a hand. Yeah. See? And please welcome Anne to the stage.
8: Liar. I live so often with the lies of no one loves me. My life has always been hard. I'm too much. Nobody wants me. I will never make it. If I just try harder, my life will work out. I can't do this because of my past, my survival, my lack of energy, lack of vitality, lack of hope, lack of trust, and most often and the most true lack of money. When did my life become always and nevers? When did it become so clear that this is the language I live with, by and for, because here is another lie. I am perfect. But one thing I have learned that I don't like is making mistakes I hate them and then I realize that perfection is less pain to me surviving this way created less pain even though the pain I lived with was not mine I couldn't bear to have that self created I didn't believe in my survival now I know that I'm not perfect and as painful as that is it's not as painful as realizing that other people aren't perfect so I live with lies self-created some are not mine, they were passed down through my church, my home, my state, my country. Nonetheless, lies surround me, and as I uncover this fruitful legacy, I realize that I have the power to plant more lies.
2: That is Anne. a hand for Anne. Keep it going. Please welcome Laura to the stage.
0: Thank you. You could still kiss me in the afternoons when the dreams under my skin are raised and itchy like the sliver of glass in my toe. I am always walking about, thinking of you dressed in red, the same sun caressing your face, You could kiss me and whisper like we have never had joy, but I think I can see the flash of your teeth in the evening light, despite my ever nearsightedness, the upturned moon of your smile. And this one's called, Oh No. I am a strong animal my eyes love the sea the seawater. so i keep on repeating a strong strong animal as i pedal up the hill and i look into your eyes when i am gone i will hold you in a seashell i want to listen to you always i want your sound in my heart only i keep my mind too close to my heart love but i am a strong animal and you are the ocean you are the sea
2: That's Laura, give her a hand. We have two poets left. Would you please welcome Duane to the stage?
9: A few words to Mike, for Mike Mraz. My days of having a garden are gone. Too many days to even count, but I do not remember yellow daffodils. Do they even come in another color? If you drop by for a visit, there will be no cats to greet or ignore you, no pets at all, just paintings in various stages of silence. I know you are a coffee drinker. I never developed a taste. I can offer you tea green, black, white, loose leaf held in golden tins. I collect teas the way some collect wine. If you want something harder, there's always tequila, that quality, slow, sipping kind that brings a warm burn to one's throat, a taste that says relax into thought. I just laid down your book, watching it burn. Your words have become the torch reigniting my long dormant voice. People who prefer my silence may stone you. Be prepared to duck. The funny thing is, I cannot not think about yellow daffodils. Your words have planted seeds deep in mine, and now all I can do is chuckle. Yesterday, I read Murakami's Burning Barns, so you see, I cannot escape the flames. And my favorite tea, it tastes like the musk of a woman after a long night of passion. Thank you.
2: That is Dwayne, ladies and gentlemen. One more poet. Can you handle one more poet? Ladies and gentlemen, would you please welcome Lucas to the stage?
10: So here's the three big subjects condensed to the mundane. we will start with the happy one here. The Ringmaker. The lake still dreams of glaciers stirring between cotton sheets and spirals of swallowtail folly. A plume of indefinable silver fogs in the receptacles of each bog bay and crannied fir. She's known to live here, but no one's ever seen her. She's said to be recognized by the smell of smoke and spindled flames pushing air out of the metal. She's said to be recognized by her burnt fingertips blazed with flux dust. And by the concentration fixed in her eyes that reminds you, she has been unifying what is to become a circle of continual encouragement. I thought I saw her once, but I was mistaken. Three men in three men a ladder. Behind the square of a building's corner, through the far window, three men walk in a line, one behind the other. They push by with purpose each to their own. The lead holds the steer and drive of some long, endless ladder. He strides through the fog with a rhythm, a fervor of anticipation plumed to his hat, a rooster behind the ears, pressing on towards what needs to be done. Struggling with the weight of the other end, is another man, straggling along, brooding to himself. I'm too old for this sort of shit, climbing ladders, repairing window trim, chipping paint, peeling glue from my fucking fingers. It's his limp and posture that tell this story. But somewhere in the middle of the three walks the third man, supporting when needed the back end of the ladder. He's lost in the enthusiasm of the foreman's ambition and the apathy of the last scraping his heels. But of the three, he seems to me to be carrying on with the lightest of steps, eager to be of help while curious about his own pertinence and the necessity of work. Uh, The son of an apathetic landscaper. All the leaves fell months ago. Some were raked and bagged, but the majority were left to form a soggy brown slop completely surrounding the house. On top of this decay and another field is another layer of pine needles and pine cones, tens and thousands and tens and thousands of them. Last year's mess was stuffed into black plastic bags that still line the driveway. His mom hated raking the yard. She never cared for that kind of work, especially last fall. The dying was enough. Now the entire yard is thick with it all. Every time he takes out the trash or checks the mail or just walks out on the front step for fresh air, he tracks the slop back in. Over these months of business, the inside of the house has collected a bed of leaves, pine needles, and mud. Now he can't see the carpet. But the leaves aren't soggy anymore. The heat of the house has dried him out. Now they crackle when he walks to the bathroom. They crunch under his feet while he's frying potatoes.
2: Lucas, give him a hand. That's our last poet of the evening. Let's have a hand for all the poets who perform for you this evening. Thank you all so much. rubber beards together, make beard babies.